This podcast is brought to you by Friends of Kedji and Parks Canada. First, we would like to acknowledge that the podcast and interviews take place in Jabuktuk, which is currently known as Halifax. We are in Mi'kma'ki, the unceded and unsurrendered territory of the Mi'kmaq people. These lands are covered by the Peace and Friendship Treaties, which set rules for ongoing nation-to-nation relationships. Nova Scotia has deep Indigenous roots, and we understand that the stories we tell are often born from colonialism. Eurocentric thinking influences our day-to-day lives, and we need to be conscious of how we explore these lands, and remember that the Mi'kmaq were the first people here. Hello, bonjour, gwe. I'm Alex. And I'm Sophie. We work on the Parks Canada Learn to Camp team in Halifax, Nova Scotia. As a Parks Canada program, we aspire to act as guides and storytellers in the outdoor world and share our natural and cultural heritage with people through camping. In a normal summer, the Learn to Camp team takes people on adventures to Parks Canada places like Kejimakujik National Park and National Historic Site. We try to make camping easier and less intimidating for people who've never been before. We want to get new Canadians and young families camping on their own and connecting with the world around them. Usually we share our stories, memories, and lessons in person, but because of the COVID-19 pandemic, we've moved online to this new podcast. In this third episode of our bonus series, my co-host Sophie Nicholson chats with our special guest, Demisha Dennis, better known on Instagram as at browngirloutdoorworld. This was one of the most anticipated interviews of the summer for me. After hearing Demisha speak about the relationship between race and the outdoors at an event for the Toronto Public Library, I knew right away that I wanted her to speak on our podcast. Demisha is working to make the outdoors a more inclusive and welcoming place for people in the BIPOC community, and she uses her social media platforms to promote her work. This is a topic that's relevant to me personally, but it's also important to the work that we do as a Learn to Camp team. So I'm super excited to share this interview with you. Grab a s'more, get cozy, and enjoy the show. I'm Demisha Dennis. Um, on Instagram, I have my name as Misha, and I've been slowly changing that over to having my full name present. I'm currently living in Toronto, wishing I was living in British Columbia or somewhere else. <laughs> Toronto is great, by the way, just in case your 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 audience is anywhere in Toronto. Um, And uh, yeah, I'm also the founder of Brown Girl Outdoor World, which is an organization aiming to get more people of color uh, involved in the outdoors and doing things that are not generally considered a part of our narrative. We are pretty much working to change a narrative through adventure. So that is what Brown Girl Outdoor World does, is just we take people on trips, we plan community activities, we plan um, like various speaking engagements just to introduce the ideas of nature to people and have them think a little bit outside of the box on what their participation in nature can look like. Could you uh, tell us what inspired you to start your own adventure company? Um, That came out of a number of things, quite honestly. Um, First is I grew up in Jamaica, so I had the outdoors not as an option, but as a part of my being. I grew up outside, I grew up climbing trees, falling out of trees, going uh, bird hunting with my cousins when I was younger. Now I don't bird hunt, I go birding so I can see the birds. And just moving to Canada and realize that uh, nature here has a different perspective on it. It's, it's more of a commercialized activity versus just getting up, going outside and being a part of nature. 
when I moved to Canada, I realized that there was nature is there as obviously there, but there's so much limitations on access in terms of transportation where, I mean, the idea of nature is this grand picture that includes Algonquin Park, or Alberta, or British Columbia, and everyone strives to get those amazing, amazing um, introductions to nature, whereas nature is a park across the street. Nature is literally stepping outside your door and realizing that there's a fruit tree there that's feeding the birds that are passing through for migration, and you can actually enjoy that as nature. So we wanted to kind of bring nature to you in your neighborhood, bring nature to you in you know, stepping outside your front door and also realizing that, yes, you still can get involved in the massively beautiful camping trip to Algonquin or going skating on Lake Louise in winter or stuff like that. So introducing nature as a whole concept and as a whole whole package, but it can be broken down into smaller pieces and you can enjoy it in those smaller pieces as well. So Brongar Outdoor World uh, kind of sought bring accessible pieces for people who live in different parts of Canada and different parts of Toronto. What has the reception been like so far with Brown Girl Outdoor World? Honestly, it's been pretty dope. It's, there's a lot of people who wanted to get involved in activities, a lot of people who didn't realize that there was, that the option was there for them to do these activities or they didn't have a community around it. And a big part of what um, Brown Girl Outdoor World is a community. Because a lot of, you can go into nature by yourself. A lot of people don't have that comfort. You can go, you know, pick up and go on a ski trip or go hiking or whatever it is by yourself. But a lot of people are, are, they're drawn to the community aspect of it. And the fact that they've come out, we are teaching them things that they can then take back home and take their kids or other family members with them is one of the big draws. So people are really, um, really drawn to that community part. You answered this a little bit earlier, but how did you get involved in um, outdoor recreation, either like back home or, or in Canada? So outdoor recreation, I started, uh, there's two different aspects to it. In in Jamaica, I started out because, again, nature was always there, but we had a program called Pathfinders, which was um, similar to um, Girl Guides and Boy Scouts. Yeah, similar to that kind of programming where, you know, they take kids out, they do camping trips, they teach them like survival skills in the outdoors and all that stuff. So we did that as a church group. And then from there, just continued on. It was interesting to me, and it was also in an entirely different scope than it is here in Canada, because it was us going on on a Sunday morning, bright and early, into the bushes somewhere. There is no luxury campsite. There is no luxury setup. You're literally going out, and you're you're learning how to build tents using sticks or stuff like that. So it's like super, super intense, but it's super fun because everything's from scratch, and that just kind of propelled my love for going in the outdoors. And then. As a kid in Jamaica, you're really told to go outside. Inside is not the option for you. You're really told to go out and do whatever it is you want to, to go outside. And I was a troublemaker in my family. So I always, whenever my cousins would come to visit and stuff, I would take them into the most hideous places that they'd come back covered in dirt or covered in bugs or whatever it was. And it was just, okay, I did this as a kid. Why can't I do this as an adult and still have fun with it, right? So coming to Canada and realize that there are options for those fancy campgrounds those fancy trails that are fully manicured and all that stuff it's like how can i still take the experiences i had as a kid in jamaica bring them to canada make them as adult appropriate as possible still have fun and still having people wanting to go back outside after the initial experience is done with Brongar outdoor world and i guess it depends on where you are too because in jamaica again we have the outdoors and we have open spaces 
However, again, it's not as structured. So the idea is that we're not going out with the perfect tent immediately. We're going out and we're learning how we can build a tent from using a bed sheet and sticks or stuff like that, or tarp and sticks and that's it, right? Whereas here, again, the idea is we must purchase the most expensive equipment or we must purchase the fully branded merchandise to go outside where, again, there's not an option. So you make do and you you enjoy nature with what you have. So we're pretty much meeting people where they are in terms of their introduction to nature. You were talking about how uh, you got introduced into like, you know, outdoor recreation and camping in Jamaica and then what your experience is like in Canada. I was just wondering you could maybe describe the relationship between the outdoors and and like your well-being and, and mental health. There's no me without the outdoors. Legitimately, there's no me without the outdoors. And if I'm inside too long, my body feels it and it knows it. And it sounds super cliche, but it's exactly how it is. My daughter last week, before I went, no, not last week, the week before, I've been home for like a stretch of five days or something because I was super busy with work. And my daughter came in and she's like, mom, are you okay? I'm like, why? What are you talking about? She's like, you have not been outside doing outdoor stuff in like five days. Are you okay? Do we need to talk? And this is my 15-year-old daughter. So (laughs) if she's looking at me and thinking something's really wrong because I haven't been going outside. I work with a, a law firm and I deal with mining companies. And for me, it's a really huge moral fight having to deal with it because I'm so about the environment and not causing harm and all that stuff. So when I go to work, it weighs heavily on my mental health when I have to deal with clients that are dealing with mining, dealing with mining companies. And so for me, I pull myself away from it. When it comes to five, 5.30, I'm off and I go outdoors to use nature as cleansing and healing for me just to set my mind again to what is not my work. Because again, that weighs so heavily on me. And even when I'm dealing with family stuff, I'm People say I run away from stuff, but I don't run away from stuff. I run into nature to deal with what I want to deal with. And that for me is my healing. I really like that. Not running away from stuff, but running into nature to deal with stuff. Yeah, that's where I go. That's where I find I'm better able to deal with my emotions and and feelings and find more clarity in thinking and being better able to respond when I'm not cooped up inside and I'm not forced to think about things in the immediate sense of it. I like taking time away from stuff walking, grabbing my fishing rod. If there's a river across the street from me, I know I probably won't catch a fish in there or I probably catch a fish with like 12 eyes because it's in Toronto and it's on the Humber River. Um, (laughs) But just being able to grab my fishing rod, walk away from home for a little bit and walk into nature and sit there for a while and just absolutely just sit there and cast, just practice my casting on fly fishing or whatever it is. It's so healing for me. And it's so, it's, I find it's like a powerful space. And it's like, in that moment you have full control of yourself and your narrative in that moment. There's no one that's telling you how you should enjoy the space. You're there and you're doing it on your own without interference from anyone. Mm. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely can relate to that. That's uh, that's a really good way to put it, I think. Yeah. So you mentioned fly fishing, but is there any other activity specifically that like that really helps you or really allows you to like have that mental break and just kind of relax? Um, or is like fishing your kind of go-to? Uh, fishing and birding are my two, like two main, um, main activities that allow me to, like you said, just find clarity and take control of my mental status in that moment. Over the past two months, there've been incidents where when I went up to Algonquin Park and I was fishing, I was fly fishing 
and trout were everywhere. Like little brookies were everywhere. I was catching trout. I heard a bird that I didn't hear before. And then I looked back and it was an American red start. And not thinking about it, I dropped my fishing rod in the river to go take a picture of the bird. And then I was like, you dummy, there's your fishing rod floating down the stream. And literally I ran through the water and then I actually stopped myself because I saw my rod going. And then I realized that the water kind of leveled out at a point. So there wasn't much more for it to go. And then I realized, I'm like, dude, you literally just chased a fishing rod into a river that you do not know the depth of that specific spot of the river. I'm like, all these little things. And then you start thinking of, of safety and then you start thinking of all these things. But I mean, give me birding and fishing together. There are two things that are very hard to do at the same time, but they work so well together. Cause I, I like going into like less traffic spots for fishing and you find like better bird populations where it's quieter, where the air is cleaner, where, you know, there's a lot less human population. So I tend to to go to those spots and fish and bird. Now I've told myself, Demisha, when you're fishing, you're fishing. When you're birding, you're birding. You know, one activity at a time and do it properly and you're okay. So like last week I was in Algonquin for four days and um, in the morning I'd wake up and I'd go fishing really early. I'd leave my family, go fishing really early and then come back in the afternoon when the birds are feeding and then do birding at that time. So I've just kind of, for my own, for my own, sometimes safety and my own clarity I just separating them so I leave my camera away from my from myself when I'm I'm fishing so that I can actually just focus on the art of fishing itself (laughs) (laughs) yeah it it, yeah it's actually quite funny it happened like a a couple like a couple months before too where I saw um a yellow warbler and I was looking for the first of my first yellow warbler this season because it was just in spring migration and I did drop my fishing rod again. So I think it's a, it was a recurring theme. And that's why I've now decided that I need to focus on one activity at a time yeah. instead of doing them all at once. Yeah. But yeah, fishing and birding for me are, I mean, hiking is great, but hiking, I can do so many other things while I'm hiking. My fishing rod is always strapped to my backpack. So are my binoculars. So there, those are two activities that I can cover while I'm hiking. I do ice fishing as well in wintertime. I hate the heat. I take ice fishing over any other form of fishing, even though my chances of catching a fish are less in winter than they are any other time. But just, Mm. yeah, I'm a very cold weather person. So what would be your ideal trip away where you get to go in the outdoors and and just do like whatever? Like what would be your ideal situation? Ideal situation for me would be a trip to British Columbia to do some fly-in fishing. Yeah, a lot of a lot of hiking, a lot of backcountry, and a lot of just some fishing. And there's lots of birds in BC as well that are not here in Ontario. So we get just I I feel like for me that would be an amazing amazing thing to do just to do some flying fishing. Initially it was Alaska. I really really wanted to do a flying fishing trip to Alaska, and it's still like top of my bucket list for when when you know I drop my first album and I make some money and, and just go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a dro- I'm gonna drop a birding album because you know no one's done it before, so I'm just gonna make an <laughs> album of just bird songs. Um, but yeah, um, that would be my perfect thing for me—just a total flying fishing trip where I'm like given the space just to be in nature by myself, or even if I go with someone else, someone else who understands and respects my need for peace, calm, and quiet while in nature. Do you prefer going alone, or do you, like 
mind like going like one with one or two people no i do love going with people i especially love going with people who haven't done it before because i find such a satisfaction in in taking someone outside and introducing them to things that i love and then them saying um you know oh my god i didn't know this was there or i didn't you know stuff like that and then they want to do it again mm-hmm. i feel so much more accomplished in doing that than just me going by myself and doing something that i know and enjoy and no one else gets to benefit from that right um one of the things we did last year was a a, a camping trip into another one of ontario's parks and it was um a group of 12 women who none of them have ever been camping before and it was i went through mech i rented i did the i got the um community community tents and everything and i did and the greatest part about that was that those 12 women who went with me learned to set up a tent they learned to make a fire in the outdoors they learned some survival skills and then when we left they were all asking where they can go and purchase this equipment so they themselves can go camping or taking their family out and to me the learning aspect of that and them wanting to do it after was more of an accomplishment for me than if i had gone and summited a mountain by myself yeah that's one of the things that we're gonna miss this summer mm-hmm. with learning to camp is is that aspect of it because yeah i totally agree like we usually work with new canadians and it's awesome it's so much fun to see them enjoying nature and mm-hmm. discovering like canada in like a safe space and being able to have those little wins of like starting a fire and putting up a tent yeah it's um to me it's it's like the satisfaction is there when i go camping or hiking on my own it's totally there but it just brings another level to it when you realize that you know the mission that you set out to do is to introduce people to it right and so being able to actually understand that people came out they enjoyed it so much you taught them something that is now something they can either decide that they want to to learn more of or they want to invest in and go and do it themselves is like that's super for me and that's even with um fishing if i can teach someone how to fish that's like the dopest thing for me because i'm like i don't even know what i'm doing and i taught someone how to fish (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that there's there's value in teaching for me and valuing people learning from my experiences all right well thank you again for doing this and like we're really hoping we can collaborate with you in the future and let us know when you come to the east coast whenever travel allows we'd love to oh definitely yeah we'd love to go on some adventures (laughs) yeah but you enjoy your afternoon and i mean feel free to reach out to me i'm always open to chat (laughs) all righty all right (laughs) all right bye Huge shout out to Demisha for speaking with us and to make this episode possible. If you want to follow her story, we've included the links to her Instagram and Twitter pages. Be sure to check them out. We don't make these episodes alone. Our audio editor is Adrian Boudreau. Our senior producer is Caitlin McFadgen. Our executive producer is Aaron Schenkman. And our promotions extraordinaire is Kashish Makija. Thank you everyone for your hard work. We'd also like to thank the rest of the Learn to Camp team. Brenna, Chris, Emma, and Caroline, who've been with us the whole time. And thank you, dear listeners, for spending some time with us. Our summer is coming to a close, 
However, we hope to be able to release a few more episodes in the future, so stay tuned. I'm Alexander Johnson. And I'm Sophie Nicholson. See you next time on Thinking Outside.